everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Pink Bike Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Would You Rather? And basically, the topic was inspired by a poll we ran last week where we posed the question, if you'd rather have bikes with year 2000 parts with 2020 geometry, year 2020 parts with 2000 geometry, or 2010 parts with 2010 geometry. So that was one question, but we've also done polls in the past that had even more extensive Would You Rather options. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions and see what everybody thinks. But before we go too much further, I might as well introduce the people that are going to be taking part. Uh, we, first, we've got Sarah Moore. Hey, Sarah. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Did you ride bikes? I did ride bikes because it was such beautiful weather on the weekend. And yeah, it kind of felt like it might be the last weekend that it was going to be beautiful weather, although the past couple of weekends have felt like that as well. So who knows when bike season will end in Squamish. It's just going to keep going for a while, hopefully. That's yeah, good. And it's important to sneak it in when you can. And always assume that it's the last one. So then you just keep going and then, yeah. Exactly. Sometimes we get lucky. Did it snow up there on the weekend though? It snowed last Last night. night. Yeah. Big snowflakes and they're still stuck on the ground. So Uh, (laughs) almost ski season. Get the tiger torch out. You'll be fine. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that, that voice you hear is Brian Park. Did you get to ride Brian? I did. I will. I rode gravel bikes. I only had a couple hours. Um, but I'm I'm gonna call it training so that it's just training for my mountain biking. It's fine. Yeah, definitely. get off my back. Not so bad then. Yeah, and then we also have James Smurthwaite. How's it going, James? Hey, yeah, back in lockdown, but um, we're allowed to ride this time. So missing the pub, but at least I get the bike this time. That's good. Yeah, it's probably healthier, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely. <laughs> I don't know. The it's like the pub is a pretty serious British institution. Like that's true. True. The social network is is pretty home important. from home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. It's important to the fabric of their of their entire society. So you probably noticed by now that Mike Levy is missing. He's actually off until December because he's at curling camp. Because everyone knows curling is a way of life in Canada. As a true Canadian, Levy takes time off every year to hone his skills. So. We won't be hearing from him for a little bit, but we'll keep checking in on him and see what he's up to and keep you all informed. And we'll eat a lot of Haribo in his honor. Exactly. Haribo. And someone's going to have to take up the monster slack too. Not me. Calling not it. Yeah, I call not it also, but. I'll eat all the Haribo, but somebody else has to drink as many monsters. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see what happens when Sarah drinks monster. I have to say the flavor, what's the flavor that he drinks? It's actually quite delicious, but. Yeah, sugar-free make orange feel or that something. great yeah yeah it makes you grow it tastes like uh cream popsicles like those orange mm-hmm. ones it's quite yeah. delicious next field test we're gonna do a, a bro science test of what happens to sarah when she drinks 10 monsters Oof. <laughs> maybe do the end so she can complete yeah. the test week <laughs> yeah this sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea <laughs> there are crashes <laughs> yeah all right well let's dive into the news take it away james uh, yeah, we'll start with one of my favorite things to talk about um, because race season is over, but that means silly season has begun. Uh, we shared our first batch of rumors already, probably annoyed some marketing managers in the process. Um, but James, I can confirm I've been getting text messages for the last hour since you put that up from annoyed marketing people. So yes, we're on. Nobody some, like about some... Brian. We get all the <laughs> send him all the angry messages. <laughs> yeah, it means at least some of the things that our rumors are more than rumor. Yeah, I'd say that's that's fair. Um, some of these people probably had an idea about. I think uh, some have been on Win TV. Some have been spilled on the Red Bull commentary. But there's some new ones in there too. Um, let's dive into them then. Um, in downhill, um, Loris Verge uh, looks like he's not going to be on the syndicate next year crazy yeah it's gonna be strange he seems like he just fit in really well there for the last couple seasons 
and he's kind of emerged as the the top dog like the one who the team is built around in the last year so i've heard of a few names of people that could be joining the syndicate but nothing and nothing enough to report on but it would have to be a pretty solid name to take his place on that team yeah because didn't all three of the syndicate get on a podium at the same time with one of the last world cups like it's a very strong team like i can't imagine they would take you know a a b b tier rider yeah and when they hire a rider they normally hire them for a long time right like think how long minar's been on there pete was on there for ages josh bryson i mean if he was still racing i wouldn't be surprised if he was still on that team so Mm -hmm. they kind of want to pick a a guy or maybe a a woman woman. maybe it's a woman yeah for a long time so definitely we'll be watching that space um keenly i think uh, next up, um, this one, there's always one room every year everyone calls like the worst kept secret in mountain biking. And um, I feel like this might be that one. Um, Danny Hart to Cube. Um, Warner kind of talked about him going to a, a square brand. And I've heard from a separate source that he's going to a European brand. So, you know, you kind of put those two together and, and Cube falls out. Um, what do you guys think about that one? It could be good for Cube. They're, I feel like they've been searching for a rider like of Danny's caliber for a while. So if he can... If he can make it work, then it be, could be a good fit. We'll see. Do do we know what's happening with Phil? Because he's up for renewal this year, it sounded like. Yeah, nothing definite there, but um, it sounds from WinTV like he's open to offers or mm-hmm. maybe hoping for another offer from Cube. Um, yeah. But not sure on that one. Could be interesting. I'd love to see that. It'd, it'd be having a Phil and Danny, that could be a pretty funny combo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some absolutely. impressive impressive cornering could come out of those two. Both of them are, can just like, yeah, they know how to ride. Um, and then finally, um, looks like Valley Hall um, might be off YT next year. Um, YT kind of picked her up really early. Was she like 13 when they first sponsored her? Something mm-hmm. like that? Something really young. Yeah, like yeah. before most people have pro contracts, she had like Red Bull and YT as her. And, and SRAM, I think, all set in as sponsors. She could go anywhere, I think. Mm-hmm. Could she replace Laura's Verge? Let's just speculate wildly. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) That's a a shame because she has been with them for a long time. And it's always complicated for brands to support young athletes because you don't want to commercialize a kid. But you also want to, you know, develop these talents. And they've, I think from the outside, it looks like they've done an amazing job developing her and supporting her in that sort of development phase so it's a shame that that partnership if it does if it does end it's a shame to see it end that way yeah i don't don't think it's a shame if she can do better and get a better contract and different team i don't know like i just want all the athletes to do get the best that they can right yeah as part of the job is like negotiating good contracts for yourself for sure yeah and yt has ocean now like ocean gave him a world champs this year right so that's pretty good Oh, totally. I'm not saying I'm not saying that athletes shouldn't shouldn't negotiate hard and shouldn't look out for themselves because this is a crazy like your your window for making it work as a pro world cupper is very very short in your life. Yeah. You should definitely value yourself high and definitely go with what works best for you. But um, I'm just I'm sad. I don't know. I you associate a brand with a person, and it's always weird when somebody leaves. And for me, Valley was like kind of in the fabric of the yt racing program so yeah it's a shame to see that they couldn't make it work if that is in fact true um let's move over to xc then um 
one that came as quite a surprise to me when I first heard it. Um, Santa Cruz potentially starting uh, an XC World Cup team um, with um, Maxime Marat, who recently left Cannondale, um, rumoured to be a rider. That'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what bikes they ride. Like, I mean, they, Santa Cruz has an XC bike, but it's not like you, what you'd think of your typical, like, full-on racy, super light race machine. So Yeah. yeah. And Maxim Marat is like top five World Cup racer. Like, yeah. Interesting. I love rumors. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, that one, that the ghost one... team were riding on a, like a modified 130 mil uh, trail bike uh, last year before they, they got that new flex day one this year. So, I mean, I think there's things you can do like, you know, sort of swapping out for a smaller shock and stuff to kind of make things a bit more suited to it. But um, yeah. Yeah, new bike. I mean, they too, make the maybe. they make the blur. But yeah, just. Um, I mean, it needs an update. Maybe it's going to be updated, and then it's going to. I was going to say it came out in 2018, so it's absolutely due for an update. So that actually would, if you were about to launch a new World Cup level XC bike, you might want some World Cup XC athletes. If anything, that's that makes me feel more confident in that rumor. Um, next up, um, current world champion Pauline Fram Prevost. Um, we've heard she may be going from Canyon, her current team, to Absolute Absalom. Which would make sense since her current partner is Julian Absalon and runs that team. So, And she's kind of been like a lone dog on, on Canyon. Like She's not on the same team as Metsu Vanderpol and um, whatever that, what was that team called? Uh, Alpacin... Phoenix? Alps Phoenix? <laughs> they're orange they were orange. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the same one yana Villamoyne is on oh no she's on another team I'm, I'm confusing all the things now um but yes that would make sense for her to be on that absolute absalon team i think she sort of works alongside them a little bit at world cups from what i can gather um julian's certainly always there in the finish area as you might expect him to be and i have no doubt they sort of train together and things like that so i mean that one that just seems to fit right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a, uh, a presence to fill on that team if she goes. Wait till you just do our next rumor. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard that Emily Batty might be on track. Um, off track. Sorry, off track. Yeah, she's been there, I think, since 2010 she's been there. Um, so most of her racing career. Um, we've, we didn't publish, but we have heard that Canyon could be where she's going. Um, but that one very, very much not confirmed. Um, like when I was a junior racing on the Canada Cup, Quebec Cup circuit, like Emily Batty was on a track. Like she's been on a track since she was like a teen. So that's pretty crazy if she's no longer on track. Yeah, it's a big change. If true. If true. If true. Yeah. Cool. So moving on from them, um, we also published our review of uh, Shimano's Dior group set. Uh, this week, probably one of the most highly anticipated products of the year. Um, and after six months of testing, Kaz, we had your review. Um, was it worth the wait? The product, not your review. <laughs> yeah, they both they <laughs> both were definitely worth the wait. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, the product is great. I'm really excited that it exists. It makes basically makes budget price bikes uh, even better. You know, it, it allows companies to put a drivetrain on there that. I mean, to put it bluntly, it doesn't suck. Like you can just ride it and not even think about it. You know, I'm spoiled. I get to ride all these fancy bikes, but 
um, you know, the long-term test of this. I never was like, oh, I have to use this Dior stuff. It was always like, oh, this works great. Like it works great for a budget group and for uh, a higher end group. It still feels like it can hold its own. So yeah, it's good stuff. What are you giving up um, over, over like XT? I've spent yeah. I mean the biggest, XT, the biggest thing across the whole line is weight. Um, it's not light, you know, your the cassettes fairly heavy. The cranks are fairly heavy. Uh, those are the biggest uh, weight penalties that you incur by going with Dior. But those cranks are are the they seem like an outlier on weight. And you yeah, they're the just article. forged cranks. Yeah. So you can if you bump up to SLX for I think cranks alone cost ten dollars more or something. So you can save like one hundred and thirty grams by just moving up to SLX cranks. Um, but you know the cassette's a little heavier. But it's also I prefer to spend three thousand dollars on carbon wheels to save one hundred and ten grams. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what you should be doing. <laughs> um, yeah, and the cassette's heavy too because it's all steel. But that, on the flip side, you don't have any aluminum, um, easier gears. So potentially it could last longer because it's a full steel cassette. Um, yeah, so good stuff. You are losing also the ability on the shifter. You don't get the, um, you can't drop down two gears with one click. Basically, they're a multi-release system. You get that on XT, so you'd have to bump up basically two levels to get to that. But um, that's you can the opposite buy. of of how all the all of the product man, uh, managers used to do things where they'd put the crap shifter and the crap front derailleur and the crap uh, chain and chain rings, but then the fancy rear derailleur, because that's what everybody looked at. But I think uh, yeah. you're, you're proposing the opposite. Put the fancy shifter and the fancy crank on and then the cheap, the cheap derailleur. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to, I mean, the derailleurs, it works well, you know, it's, it's not as light. It is, has more steel compared to the like carbon on the highest end ones, but still it's like 50 bucks for the derailleur. So you're going to be a lot it also less sad. If bushings, you it has bushings over bearings yeah. for the pulleys, but like the, the cost of fancy bearing pulleys is more than a new Dior derailleur. Yeah. So either way, it's a great way you can save some money. Like my personal, you know, my personal philosophy, I'd rather have better brakes and suspension on a bike and then, save some money on the drivetrain because that's just a wear item so um yeah i'm glad it exists it's good what does this uh mean in terms of like shram versus shimano at, at that sort of price point uh yeah i mean it's gonna definitely i'm sure some people at sram are, are paying attention to this because for a while you know um sram just kind of ruled the the roost in this realm because they were the only ones with the 12-speed drivetrain that was on the more affordable side of things so now shimano has a very very viable option so um, definitely a lot more competition there. I do think that um, Dior wins in some ways. There's kind of a, you know, there's pros and cons to each side of a, of it. Um, you do need Shimano's micro spline driver to be able to run that cassette. So somebody that's on a, all right, on a more kind of budget priced bike, they would need a new free hub body as well. So if they want to- on the to, OE level costs more too, right? So it's not always apples to apples. The price that consumers pay isn't this price that the product manager- is working with in their in their little spreadsheets but on top of the cost of the drivetrain apples to apples you also have to factor in that you have to spend a bit more on the on the hub if you're going to go with the shimano one yeah exactly so pros and cons to both but it's you know again more competition is better especially at the budget um, side of things so hopefully we just get cheaper components that work really well so, yeah. might be more interesting at the next uh budget field test because didn't you know guys yeah. had all kind of the same builds on all the, the cheap bikes that you had yeah last exactly around. yeah last year was just all sx and nx so it'll be good to get some shimano in the mix for the next next time 
Next up, we've got some um, green news. Uh, Trek and Cannondale have announced they'll be using less plastic and more cardboard in their packaging with an end goal of eventually ditching plastic bags, PVC and zip ties. Uh, This may not sound like much, um, but apparently making the switch um, to more sustainable packaging on just the Trek Marlin hardtail uh, will save uh, 23,000 kilograms from landfill. You all get shipped bikes regularly. Do you kind of notice how much plastic gets used in them and, and... are you kind of aware of that waste? For me, I kind of use it again. Like I'm always packing bikes up again, so I'm not throwing away as much because I just I unbox one bike and box up another. But yeah, some companies are better than others. I think like I just got a see, I got a Canyon the other day that was packed with very minimal uh, plastic. It was like just mostly cardboard and a few kind of like little foam things attached with Velcro. So that was cool to see. Um, and I think companies are just getting better at being efficient. Like it saves them money too. The, the less less money you need to spend a box a bike and you know, that's more money for them yeah so. the packaging is actually probably pretty expensive if you're buying it in like the thousands of cardboard boxes and yeah zip ties and whatnot but yeah that's like such a huge number for like one model that uh check is going to be able to save like whew, we got a lot of work to do bike industry it's it's a good reminder that while everybody thinks oh bikes are good for the environment therefore we get a, f- a free pass on everything else that like nah. Anytime you're buying something new, you're uh, you are impacting the environment, and it's okay. You know, it's a sport. It's okay. You can't. You don't need to like self-flagellate or whatever. But um, unless that's your thing. But <laughs> but um, definitely, it's good to keep it keep track of reducing things where possible. It's wild how much packaging is done in at the like assembly plants and stuff it's crazy how much there is yeah last bit of news then um the voting is now open for gopro line of the year um the winner will walk away with seven thousand dollars in cash so it's definitely worth looking through all 10 finalists closely a really varied batch this year i thought from skinnies on the shore with david her there was Romeo metallier doing his usual kind of absolutely wild slab crushing lines and then even some like backyard trials this year which in 2020 felt pretty fitting um personally i voted for the killian braun one where he was flying through the canyons with the hot air balloon it made me think of the land speeder on star wars um how about you guys i voted for the skinnies because i had to <laughs> <laughs> after after the free ride podcast you yeah exactly. had to. <laughs> I, haven't ridden, I haven't ridden salvation in a few years and then the border closed it made me miss him so um, I, I used to like that trail a lot when it was first built, so I voted for that. But Remy's was really good too, so. Yeah, I feel like the skinnies look more impressive on the GoPro. Like, there's certain things that just look better on a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Remy's is super impressive, but it's, like, hard to... It's still hard to get the kind of perspective on that one for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked watching all the behind-the-scenes from David Hare's videos as well that he's been sharing now and like he broke his back on that trail and now he's yeah. like he actually had to do like 40 tries for the gopro contest which is like he won last year so like i kind of don't want him to win again but he also tried so hard that yeah um it's great to see like that's kind of the quality that we want from that contest so yeah pretty cool I, although killian braun going through those hot air balloons was absolutely beautiful i, I voted for marky math mark matthews just mm. that mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was just so beautiful and obviously it's a sick line but it's just if i 
could do the riding thing of all the people who were doing the riding. I would like to do the riding thing the way Mark did the riding thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like how there's yeah, I like other submissions that you can tell that it was like, oh, the GoPro contest is up. I'm just going to submit this thing that I I did, and then there's people who you can tell like mm-hmm. were thinking about submitting a perfect line, and it, it really makes a big difference. Like that one was amazing to watch as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the news. A few reader questions here. Uh, one question that's been coming up from multiple readers was, when will things be in stock again? I know a lot of you have gone to your shops and asked about a bike or a part and been met with the answer that they don't know when it's coming in or it's going to be uh, really far down the line. So I'll let Brian take this one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, lead times are massive right now on parts to manufacturers, to bike manufacturers and to shops. I've heard that it's over 400 days for some key stuff from drivetrain manufacturers. Um, all There's tons of demand. So everybody's, all the manufacturing facilities have been just working on production. And in some ways, that's why we've seen a really messed up release calendar this year. Uh, when we've expected to see new product, instead, people have just been working on producing things, which is great. Like, we don't need to have a every six months release all new product cycle. It's nice to just focus on what's good. Um, The brands that have pushed the panic button back in March, April, May lost their place in line at the factories and are going to be most affected by the waiting lists. Uh, Whereas big brands that sort of stayed confident and kind of stuck it out, um, kept their place in line and obviously have a lot of pull to stay in the in the queue so i expect brands like trek and specialized and giant the the big guys to kind of make get to the place where supply equals demand within the first or i guess like third or fourth month of 2021 um direct brands are a little harder they don't have they can't do as accurate forecasting in some ways or there's less people to spread the risk around with um so they make less bikes than they think they can sell in order to minimize the risk themselves. So it might, it might be hard for them to have an accurate picture and it might be hard for them to keep their place in line. Sometimes I think there's some fear of, uh, oversaturation of bikes by the end of next year. Uh, There are a lot of marketing and business people kind of asking like, how do we keep all these new cyclists in the sport? How can we sell them a new bike after they've bought their, you know, $600 hardtail, um, how can we keep them progressing as mountain bikers, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think mid, mid 2021, we'll, we should see a more normal, uh, supply chain. And I'm curious to see what the end of 2021 looks like in terms of, uh, is there a ton of closeout stuff where we've overordered? So we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely a tricky time. So, uh, let's see. And the next question, um, uh, next question comes from. Ben the Swabian, and it's actually directed at me. He asks, how's your Narco optic holding up? Might we get some long-term ownership impressions? Uh, he wants to know about durability under hard riding. How does the geometry? And he goes on about if I ever encountered a situation where I wanted different, more anti-squat. Uh, so, yeah, I can answer that one. I can say that I didn't encounter a situation where I wanted more anti-squat because I don't think about things that hard out on the trail, typically. Um, but... The bike held up well. I rode it all year. Uh, didn't even need to replace the bearings. I think I greased them one time, but it held up well. The frame durability, like there was, it obviously didn't crack or break or anything, which is always nice. 
few little paint chips and things that you'd expect from hard riding. But um, yeah, I was really, really happy with that bike. And the geometry held up well also. Like it didn't, it wasn't outdated the moment I rolled it off uh, or into my garage, I guess. The, so you meant that it stayed, it, the head angle remained the same at the end of the year. That did too, which is good because <laughs> that goes with the durability. Like if my head angle changed, then we would have some issues. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that thing is a, um, you know, a 65 degree head angle on a, a 140 mil fork. And that's kind of what we're seeing even right now, like that new stump jumper that came out has pretty similar geometry to that optic. So it was kind of ahead of the time and now bikes have caught up, but it's definitely not outdated by any means. And yeah, I really enjoyed that bike. Super fun. So um, what would you change? Uh, there's a little rubber plug on the down tube that I kind of mushed up and lost, uh, when I was changing brakes out. So I would make that rubber plug made of something other than like silly putty. Um, that's pretty much wow. it. Pretty minor. <laughs> Pure that's garbage. Pretty it's yeah. just you garbage. guys are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they did a great job. That's the only complaint. Cause otherwise, yeah, it's just a super fun bike. Like it's, it's just different. It's a, it's different enough too from the other bikes that I would, that I rode a lot this year. Like I rode a lot of the longer travel bikes. So it was always kind of fun to go back to a, you know, 125, 140 bike that you could do some uh, pretty silly things with it still also. You know, it's not the lightest, but it was still reasonable weight. I think at different times it was in that kind of low thirties, like 30, 30 to 31 pounds. So yeah, super happy with that bike and it held up well. I don't think I would, I don't think I'd change anything on it. Like as far as yeah, we're talking about the suspension design or anything. I think that that one just did what it what it should. So uh, let's see, moving on. We have Extract 47. He says, okay, so how do I proceed now? I have SRAM SX, which sucks. And he says it with capital S and X. He did some little wordplay there. Yeah, of course, I cannot fit 12-speed cassettes from Shimano. Do I have to buy a new wheel? No, you don't have to buy a new wheel. Let's see, what is he trying to do? He, if he's trying to get a whole new drivetrain and you don't want SRAM, you could just get shimano 11 speed well you could also get shimano 12 speed um is there there is there an hg 12 speed cassette no not from shimano but there is from like garbarak and some of those other manufacturers that actually <laughs> want to know what a garbarak cassette costs compared yeah to that's ex, that's like, a good point <laughs> <laughs> if you go uh, from this obscure european brand it'd be great <laughs> fair fair yeah. i'm just trying to solve problems here i know you are <laughs> i mean i would say if you're trying to switch to shimano and you're on a budget the 11 speed stuff it still has a uh, i think it goes 11 to 51 with 11 speed that cassette still stuff almost we well, have the same range you'll just be missing a gear which i don't think you'll notice so also can you just replace your free hub yeah exactly like you don't have to buy a new wheel you'd have to buy every new free hub which it depends on the manufacturer but it's around 50 dollars. so depends which direction you're trying to go um and you also might, depending on what he thinks sucks about his uh, his drivetrain, it might be as simple as swapping out to a different shifter. Like that SRAM SX shifter is not amazing, but again, kind of like we were talking about with Shimano, if you bump up to a um, even an NX or a GX shifter would be the way to go. It might make it feel better. Yeah, like it might be, the answer might be to upgrade the shifter and run out the SX and and just ride it out till the next time where... He's got to replace yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah. And just figure out what you're not liking about it. Like just saying something sucks isn't very uh, informative. If there's a particular feature you like or don't like, then focus on that. And so that wraps up reader questions. Now it's time to get into the discussion. So like we mentioned, it's gonna be a would you rather discussion. Uh, we've got a whole list of would you rather questions. And we'll just kind of go and see how this turns out. All right. We'll start with the one that kicked off this uh, the idea to make this the topic, it's the would you rather ride? And we got three choices. Year 2000 parts with 2020 geometry, year 2020 parts with 2000 geometry, 
or a year 2010 parts with 2010 geometry. So we'll start with James. Where'd you go for that? I think I'd be tempted to do modern geometry, old parts, inspired by that guy who rode the rigid hardtail at the Enduro. I kind of feel like that was pretty much that. So if he can do it, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> well, I voted year 2000 parts with year 2020 geometry. I think, I think that... I'm torn between that and 2010, 2010, like 2010 wasn't that bad, but I feel like all the people who voted for that also forget that it wasn't that good. We're not talking about the best bike from 2010, the most outlier geometry from 2010. We're talking about, yeah. Talk about, and it doesn't say that you can pick one. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. that's getting too specific. Yeah. Well, whatever. But like general 2010. <laughs> you can read into this however yeah. much you want to read no, into you this. Don't, you don't get, you don't take, get to be like i would go back to 2010 and ride a 2010 bike but i would i would get the custom manufacturer to make it to these angles like you don't get to do that it's just like just remember how bad things were in 2010 they weren't that bad they weren't that good though they're not as bad as 2000 parts i mean i love no yeah geometry but 2000 parts i was gonna go 2010 2010 it just seems Yeah. yeah yeah me too i'd be fine 2010 i'd put some saint brakes and then i'd have like a what was the fork back then? Even was it the lyric? It also lyric doesn't say fine. that you have to ride the same size that you always ride. I could ride a large bike from 2010. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. great. No. Yeah. We should have well, we there were dropper posts in 2010, so it'd be all right there. Yeah. Yeah, I go 2010 parts with 2010 geometry. I think I had a stump jumper Evo back then that I really liked. I bet that would still be fun today. I'd be fine. Is that in 2010 though? I think that was like yeah. Stumped up for Evo. I probably even have a picture of it in my old pink bike account somewhere. I think 2010. <laughs> yeah, it was around then. Or was it 11? I don't know. Close enough. Yeah. It was like the black one with with uh, like some green lettering. Yeah. yeah. I think that was even 2012. No. Yeah, I could be wrong. It's yeah. happened. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to some more questions let's start with this one what if you could ride anytime you want or ride one perfect ride per week what would you pick i think one perfect ride a week um yeah just when you have that perfect ride where you're you're just in the zone you know you've got the flow and like it's a nice day it's sunny yeah that's enough to satisfy me one of those a week that's kind of what i do now so I need to ride every day. I'm answering the, the opposite to James. <laughs> it's not saying that the question doesn't say that you don't have, you have every day as an average ride, does it? No, I, you could have perfect you rides. Want, you could have a perfect ride every day. That's what I want. Yeah. It means you have to go out in, in the snow. If it's snowing, you have to go out. Not just ride any time faster. you want. Uh, okay. Yeah, but then, no, but the <laughs> options are ride are, is only ride every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's still my option. To, I would yeah. ride every day over riding yeah. once a week. Yeah, yeah. But I do like the perfect ride. I would settle for one mediocre ride per week at this point. I'm a new dad. I've got a lot of work planning 2021. I would settle for one decent ride every One week. gravel ride a week. No, no, that's not acceptable. That's not good enough. Just, I need to make yeah. some changes. That's not okay. You're out there on the seawall sea cruising around. <laughs> Yeah, Serious I'll go seawalk. ride every day. Yeah, because I usually do ride every day. So I just keep doing that. It works out pretty well. Here's a good one. Would you rather be able to corner like Britt Atkinson or wheelie like Windmasters? Corners for show. No, corners for dough, wheelies for show. 100% corner like Britt. 
Oh, that's a really tough one because, you know, I've been trying to master my wheelies for a long time. But then you also talk to pros and they're still trying to corner better every day. So I think cornering is more useful than wheelies. I'll be an average wheelier, not as good as win. And then, yeah, cornering master. Be like Bryn. I think we should probably tell people that who, what the results of the quiz were too. Like on the on the 2010 bike versus 2000 bike versus 2020 things it was the 2010 2010 one and then for what was the second question oh ride every day versus one perfect ride it was ride every day one by a lot and then the corner like brin versus wheelie like win it was it was corner like brin one by a two to one margin so and i would i'd go i'd go along with that too sorry sorry win i can corner really well too (laughs) <laughs> I'd wheelie like win because I can wheelie, but if I could wheelie like win, that'd be mm-hmm. that'd be sweet. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I can't corner like Bryn, but I feel like I'm adequate enough at cornering that'd be all right. And I can just show off my wheelies everywhere. So uh, let's see, let's do another one. Would you rather have a good paying job and a steel hardtail, or a low paying job and the bike of your dreams? I don't know. It seems like a win win. I don't really understand the question. Like a good paying job <laughs> and a steel hardtail. How is that? That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're from England. That is the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, like I think I want the nice bike. Yeah. yeah, I'll work when I'm old. But yeah, it's not. It's not assuming that you can have a low-paying job that you still like and have uh-huh. the bike of your dreams. They're not like the good-paying job. You could like it or you could hate it. Mm-hmm. But you're definitely not going to enjoy the steel hardtail as much. So yeah, I'd, I'd take the hardtail because then I would buy like some crazy other thing. I would have a new sport. I would just do like rally car racing or something with my good paying job and then not that i know how to rally car race i'm kind of a bad driver well, but you still. could hire a coach as well you know yeah like and all, that, <laughs> and all that free time and your good paying job probably yeah. you know <laughs> well i could go wingsuit I'd, I'd wingsuit fly and then just ride my steel hardtail once in a while <laughs> you wouldn't have to because you'd die <laughs> no i'll be all right they're making them better now the wingsuits really <laughs> the steel yeah. hardtail they, they really... the wingsuits <laughs> Um, both <laughs> luckily <laughs> yeah you know i answered this question when the poll came up last year i said i'll work when i'm old 150 mil fancy bike please and i think i'd have to change my answer yeah now you're at a hardtail now you're out there hardtail guy no but i haven't i haven't actually ridden a steel hardtail in a while gravel or, bikes uh, are hardtails oh that's true <laughs> it is technically a hardtail yeah no i think i think i would i'd take the money now selling out is what it is just being honest yeah oh here's a really hard one i don't like this one but i'm gonna say it if nobody ever knew would you rather cut the course or take drugs and win the world championships (laughs) i answered this one um take drugs (laughs) which is awful but um i don't know um i'm kind of curious morbidly curious to see what it would be like to take like EPO, testosterone, just like get like fully pumped on drugs and just see how much better I'd be. I can cut any corner I want anytime, but I want to do the Icarus thing, you know? I know. Yeah. Lee and I have talked about that, how we should do some sort of special test where we just get jacked up on all the. the (laughs) But I think Levy wants to do the the other test too, where he just takes other drugs and then sees what happens. Not like just recreational drugs, not performance enhancing. Well, we could do this in, in Oregon now. Like next mm-hmm. year, because they mm-hmm. legalize, well, not legalize, but like decriminalize a lot of drugs. So we could go take Coke and meth and things and see how it affects our riding. 
I wonder I'm if there's cut like the lines, guys. I'm gonna take the fancy <laughs> line. <laughs> you guys can go do whatever you want. That's what I actually selected back in whatever this poll when it came out. <laughs> I wonder if we can get like a government grant to do some research in Oregon. Oregon, yeah. get at us. Yeah, let us know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty straight edge these days, but for science, I could do some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'd rather take drugs and win than French line because it feels like. They're both cheating, but like the drugs, at least your writing skill doesn't get improved. I don't know. Well, yeah. I wrote, I answered the French line, but when I when I'm serious about it, I feel like the French line, which is unfair to the French. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, the French. It's unfair, but it is what it is. It's it's a thing now. It's not so. unfair. It's what they do. Have you ever been to yes, a race yeah. in France? Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's just smart. Like a real French line. A real French line is following the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. And I'm good with that. I'm, that's just good racing. That's just being smart. Um, but I think in this, it's an actual cutting the course. The question is cutting, like truly cutting the course. And that to me is probably a bigger benefit in a EWS or downhill race than the marginal gains from, from doping. Depends on the course. No, well, but the, yeah, but the question said you're going to win either way. So yeah. which you just have to live with what you what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would I'd rather have gotten a smaller advantage of drugs mm-hmm. than the larger advantage of the French line. But it's like very premeditated if you're taking drugs for like a long time ahead of time versus like you can mm. cut the course once, right? Ooh. Plus, like injecting EPO, it's like apparently your body starts like shivering because you're injecting cold blood into yourself. Ugh, just sounds terrible. Uh, Next question. What do people say? (laughs) People said they'd take the French line, which Uh, I said that too at the time. It's, it feels less gross. Would you rather always be fit enough to self shuttle or never be fit enough and ride an e-bike? I'd ride an e-bike. I I didn't see any shame in it. They're good fun. I don't see any shame in it, but I still want to be fit enough to self shuttle. Mm -hmm. I think this was a weird, poorly set up question. RC, what the hell? Well, I mean, the, the questions you can answer, you can answer batteries for the win. Is this a trick question? Or I can recharge my body with a peanut butter sandwich. BBJ. Yeah. Um, Plus, I, even I, if you're fit enough to self-shuttle, you could still ride an e-bike. Exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to recharge my body with a peanut butter sandwich. And then I'll choose whatever bike I want to ride. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I would self-shuttle. I'd stay fit and self-shuttle. And then if I felt like I'd ride an e-bike. All right, we'll do one more question to wrap this up. Would you rather... Ride cross country in a downhill kit or downhill in a cross country kit. And let's assume that this is a race. I think that makes it even better. So spandex for the win or full face for the win. I think if rules permitted in a race, cross country in a DH. No, sorry, DH in a cross country kit because it's faster, right? Like get all the error advantage. No one else is going to be getting. Yeah, I think could, they could take me from second last to third last. That's that's big. <laughs> 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 yeah i think i agree it would also be I, really hot to do cross country in a downhill kit versus like a cross country kit it might feel kind of unsafe and like you wouldn't have the right pads and full face helmet and stuff but I, yeah i probably still go with what is that cross country kit on a downhill bike <laughs> you guys are psychotic there's no way i'm dropping into most of those downhill courses without a real helmet on and pads Wait, does it say where uh, you have to ride? Yeah, I would do it. Because you if you're trying to win, like you're not going to win a cross-country race wearing a full-face helmet and all that stuff. That's you just Oh, you did say I was race, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I hate like sprinting with a full face on. It's so yeah. annoying. So I would I would just put the half shell on the spandex and just be real scared and <laughs> go down a downhill course. So scared. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking oh down country, maybe we should go with the full downhill kit, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, and the ultimate I think, down country kit. <laughs> Kaz, I think you forgot the most important question on the whole quiz, which oh, was that. would you would you rather wake up and discover you're Mike Levy or wake up and discover <laughs> that you're Mike Casimir? That's an important question. Super I'm good important. with being myself. So uh, you guys can answer. I know what your answer is. Yeah, yeah. James. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be Kaz. I think. <laughs> I don't think I could keep up. With I think he would probably wake up. And be <laughs> <Kaz>. <laughs> Sorry, Levy's not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Levy won that one. Most people wanted to be Levy, so they just yeah. don't know what happens. All right. Well, that wraps up our would you rather. Um, brings us up to comment gold. So let's see what we've got here. We had the article about uh, Loic Bruni's fork adjustment and what exactly he was doing in Portugal. And me to me now said Nas. Good, clear. That'd be cool if that was a thing. I'd love to see like the uh, blue flames just coming out. Yeah, <laughs> just like take off. <laughs> yeah, we should probably make a jet bike one of these days just for mm-hmm. science. Uh, and then we had uh, Y12 Sentinel says absolutely nothing, just psychological warfare for the ras- for the last race and off season. Bruni is sly AF. I like that, that one. That I like that one too. That would yeah yeah it worked. I, I wish that that yeah it'd be so good if that's what it was. I, know I feel like downhill some... does have psychological warfare. You gotta like oh, yeah. they hold their lines mm-hmm. close to their hearts and stuff. Yeah, um, and then we also had an article about some Mopar Jeep concept vehicles that was supposedly for serious mountain bikers. And N60 says everyone knows that the vehicle for serious mountain bikers is a clapped out '80s Yoda with a North Shore rack and a homebrew lift kit. So that's 100% true. Percent accurate. Yep, there are 100%. lots of those around. <laughs> and now people that are trying to sell their 1980s Toyotas think they have something special and want way too much money for them. So <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Uh, and then we had Cascade Components came out with a new link. This company's been really churning out the aftermarket links for almost every bike out there. Um, and the top comment was from NS Curb. He said, sorry, but I can't afford this. I just spent $200 making sure my bars were straight, which is pretty funny. That's in reference to a, uh, a like a tool, basically, that a company's making that costs around $200 to supposedly perfectly align your bars every time. So. Oh, man. It's not that difficult. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, yeah, not two hundred dollars difficult. And I think there's a there's like one like there's a tool out there that's like ninety dollars and it uses lasers. So if you're gonna charge two hundred dollars, you need to have like lots of lasers. I feel like I do. I do feel like it's not to be the guy that defends a two hundred. Yeah, let's hear it. Go for it. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> tool, so. well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh-huh. I just yeah. feel like it's not as like if you're a shop or a race team. And it's probably only targeted at shops and race teams. Like if it saves you a few minutes here and there, I could see it. And it if doesn't right you have to like mount it on each side. It takes more time. Okay. If it's crazy, it's crazy. I don't know. I haven't yeah. looked at the thing, but I just think that don't necessarily consume or confuse a, a tool designed for pros or shops to a tool that's designed for you and me you know like yeah. but is like it, what's, is it yeah, that but much then again like handlebars being straight 
is different for everybody. My straight handlebars might not be your straight handlebars. No, no, there is a correct and an incorrect when no. it comes to handlebar <laughs> straightness. I'm sorry, you're just wrong. Because you'll look, you'll be like, mine are straight, and I'll be like, no, they're crooked, and then I'll straighten it. And no, your eyes are me. not. Your eyes are not straight. Uh-huh. <laughs> the well. it's not it's not significant. It's not like dumber than the like multi hundred dollar bike jewelry, amazing Abbey Tools dish engaged, right? Like, yeah, I don't have that either. They're crazy expensive too but yeah. people don't freak out about that it's because it's for pros and shops and people who are obsessive about tools i don't know i just feel like it's not that it doesn't have lasers so i'm gonna say that it's fair but that's fair okay. we'll move on um, we need 100 percent more lasers yeah uh let's do one more and this is from the uh from the can creek ipa fork article that came out with a limited run of uh i guess ipa colored components and smooth jazz cyclist says i tried this fork out a little bit too hoppy for my taste Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Plan. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap on episode 30 of the Pink Bike Podcast. As always, don't forget to let us know if you have any questions or comments or things you think we should talk about in the comments. We'll try to get to them in the next episode. So, thanks for listening. <laughs>